This program is designed to provide general information with regards to the subject matters covered. This information is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, sponsors, or station are engaged in rendering any specific and personal medical, financial, legal, counseling, professional service, or any advice. You should seek the services of competent professionals before applying or trying any suggested ideas. beloved immortal being good looking people and remember you're good looking because you're always looking for and finding the good and we have good overflowing today you have tuned in consciously and conscientiously to the joy of living with your humble host barry shore b-a-r-r-y-s-h-o-r-e and i'm going to tell you today's date now, those who've been with us for a while, and there's, thank God, more than 250,000 people that listen every week, and you've been doing it for a couple of years, and I thank you deeply. I'm humbled and honored. Uh, today, we're over 300,000 people listening, about 303,613 around the world. Uh, but I want to tell you today's date. We don't usually do this, but today is a special day. It is the 5th of October. I won't tell you the year, but you can probably guess because it's 2020. Ooh, did I say that? Yeah, pandemic year. Uh, we have two guests today. One you're going to meet in just a moment. He is uh, gregarious, generous, giving, able to break through the, the gauze that surround most people in their life and bring them clarity on a great level. More so than most people I've ever met in my life. He does it through photography, which is, of course, a great eye onto the world. And then the second part of the show we're going to be talking about, that's why I told you today's October the 5th, my father. My father who passed on uh, 1988. But we're going to devote the last half of the show to him because he represents another part of what you're going to hit when you hear Ken Roshan, just a few minutes. Now, normally I will do, as you know, uh, six, seven, eight-minute introductions, great monologue. People look forward to it. They love it. We're going to make it shorten today because I want more time with Ken. If I do my monologue, we're only going to have 10 minutes, 15 minutes with Ken, and I want more time with Ken Roshan. So I'm just going to go right to the to the hub of the, the nub and the hub of the issues, and they are the following. You have consciously and conscientiously tuned into the joy of living with your humble host, Barry Shore, and you did it for one reason only, and one reason is the best reason. That reason is because you care most in the entire world about you, Y-O-U, E-W-U, E-W-E, you. Because when you're the best you, you make the world a better place. You can build bridges, create more joy, happiness, peace, and love in the world. And we certainly want and need that. So welcome to you. You are being watching this amazing show through this magical, mystical, mythical platform called Internet Radio, Internet Television. And it's hosted by K4HD.com. You can go to K4HD and put up comments. We have about 20, 30, oh, wow. 
50 comments already from people saying, I love the show. That's why I'm in here. So I hope many more people will join because you're going to learn some really important things today. Now, this show, uh, as I mentioned previously, this show, when you listen intently and just listen, don't write anything down. Everything you need to know about the guest and myself and, and my father is going to be hosted at www.barryshore.com, B-A-R-R-Y-S-H-O-R-E, barryshore.com. You'll find all the information. It's just lean in and let the experience flow over you and love it because love is part of the driver of this particular show. And as my dear friend Jack Canfield said, Jack Canfield, the co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul series, said to me, Barry Shore, when they listen to you, I'm healthier, wealthier, and wiser. And who doesn't want that? <laughs> so I can quote Jack Canfield. You listen to the show, and you'll be healthier and wealthier and wiser. Who doesn't want that? Because in this show, we deal with the three fundamentals of life. And the three fundamentals are, number one, life. Your life has purpose. And when you lead a purpose-driven life, the second result is you can go mad. And in this case, mad is a wonderful acronym that stands for make a difference. You see, when you lead a purpose-driven life, you can make a difference in the world with your every thought, your every word, your every deed. And the third fundamental of life is that you can unlock the power and the secrets of everyday words and terms. And when you do that, you now transform yourself because you can create the kind of world we all want to do live in with create meaning causing rethinking enabling all to excel so for instance a simple uh, everyday word or term is www we just talked about it right now if you ask anybody what does www stand for invariably they'll tell you something to do with the internet and factually speaking they're correct but in our world, the world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant, WWW stands for, drum roll, fanfare, da-da-da-da, wonderful world. And what a is the word, right? W-H-A-T-A, what a wonderful world. And of course, the tip of the hat and a big thank you to Louis Armstrong, Satchmo, for enabling that song to go viral and not just touch tens of millions or hundreds of millions, but billions of people around the planet. And we never hear even the opening bars of that song, what a wonderful world. What do you do right away? You smile. You can't help it because smile is one of the most natural, beautiful processes that you can live with. And if you learn to integrate and leverage it and utilize it, you you will be able to do what it stands for. SMILE is a great acronym that stands for Seeing Miracles in Life Every Day. <laughs> Seeing Miracles in Life Every Day. No, invariably, when I'm speaking to people, whether it's 50 people or 5,000 or 300,000 people like right now, People raise their hand, they have up on the board. But Mr. Shore, Mr. Shore, I've been out for hours where I haven't seen any miracles. And I asked them, are you here? Can you hear? Can you see? Can you walk? Can you talk? Do you have food to eat, you have water to drink, you have place to sleep, your family, your friends. Those are all miracles. Simple example. A million plus people didn't get out of bed this morning. Why? They died. Well, you didn't. By definition, if you're here watching or listening, you didn't die. That's a miracle. Use life to the full. Live exuberantly. Now, we're in the midst of a pandemic. I said, this is the year 2020. And for decades to come, maybe even a century to come, people will look back at this particular time, watch this show again, say, "Whoa, yeah, that year, that was tough. A million plus people didn't get out of bed this morning because they can't, they're infirm. They're down with COVID or some other infirmity. They couldn't get out of bed. 
but you did. 99.99% of everybody watching, thank God you can get our bet. Now, again, 250,000 people who watch the show regularly, you know the story, but for the 50-plus thousand people who are visiting for the first time, my story is very simple. On September 17, 2004, I was standing up in the morning, just like I hope, 99.99% everybody, hale and hearty, able to leave tall buildings in a single bound. That evening, I was in the hospital paralyzed from my neck down. I became what's known as a quadriplegic. Nothing on my body moved. Nothing. I was in hospital 144 days. I was in a hospital bed in my own home for two years. I couldn't turn over by myself. I was in a wheelchair for four years. You see my hands, those of you watching, still can't close them, but I can use them. <laughs> I had braces on both my legs, my hips to my ankles. That was progress. Thank God today I, I am vertical ambulatory, albeit with the help of a six and a half foot walking wand made for me by a Zen master. I still can't walk up a curb by myself or a stair. I have helped 12 hours a day, seven days a week, but you hear my voice. Positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant. Why? Because I've learned to see miracles in life every day. Now, I have to tell you a quick story. My eight-year-old niece comes over to me a few weeks ago and she says, Uncle Barry, Uncle Barry, can we spell smile, S-M-I-E-L? I thought about it. I said, smile, smile, sounds the same. Why not? I asked her, how come? She says, because then it would stand for seeing miracles in everyday life. Out of the mouth of babes. And with that, I'm going to cut short my introduction, and I'm going to go right to introducing our guest because he is going to be working with his son, who I believe is somewhere around eight or nine, maybe 10 years old. And it's because he's going to be working with his son, he's going to leave a little bit early, normally do an hour. We only have 20, 25 minutes with Ken today. So without further ado, no more ado, I'm bringing to you that amazing, inimitable, indomitable, wonderfully inspiring Ken Roshan. Ken, please say hello to 303,613 people around the world. Well, hello, and hello to you as well, Barry, the prophet, <laughs> my but friend. Wait, he's downplaying this. He did it purposely to be point counterpoint because he's <laughs> normally much a little more exuberant, but he did it with that beautiful broadcasting voice and that, that genuine smile. And you see we have, again, contrast, but in sync with each other. As clean-shaven as he is, that's how not I am. And so we make the perfect, you blend them together. It's like, wow, what a beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal being, would say. How is How old is Kenny Jr.? He is seven, about to be seven and a half, because you count halves until you're 10, right? Well, I, I excuse me, I count. <laughs> yeah, it's essentially funny you say that. I think you start counting halves again over 90. <laughs> I guess you do, don't you? <laughs> yeah, because tomorrow, God willing, I say, God willing, tomorrow, I am going to visit my friend Aida, who is celebrating her 108. And I'm going to be singing to her again. I got the privilege and pleasure of saying, singing to her on her 107 and her 106. So I'm looking forward tomorrow to sing to her on her 108. But I wanted to forego what I want to say and talk about you because Ken Roshan, those of you who can't see what's behind, just move a little bit away just for a little a moment or so. Ken, I want to show people what you said. Just move over to the left or the right, something. A little to the left. Yeah, okay, well, that's great. Um, you are creating and inspiring smiles around in the world. How are you inspiring joy and hope in the world? So, hey, instead of Barry Shaw talking, how about Ken Rashawn talking? Tell them what it is that you do, you are, you channel, and how it is that you and I are even speaking to each other. Well, it's called amplifying, isn't it? 
So amplifying is actually saying something louder and keeping the distortion at zero if possible and telling the truth louder and louder. So these books are my way of showing that there's a lot of heroes in the world, a lot of leaders, a lot of people that deserve to not only have their story shared, but to inspire the readers to actually pick up the baton and be a leader too, and be the next book of Q Smiling. And how we met was at CO Space 2015 March and it was I guess it's called 30315. Yeah, 315 was the forum. And you handed me a card and it jolted me. What did that card read? What did it just say? Was it a blank card? Or was it a business card? Actually it was a business card. It was what, a business card. What's the business? It was the business of smiling. Keep smiling was a card I gave to Ken Roshan. And in the midst of giving him a card, something happened. But you should all know, by the way, by that at this particular moment, we have passed the two million distribution number and giving out keep smiling cards around the world in 28 languages now, right, Ken? Because 30. 30. 30. We just added Bangladesh and uh Another, I think it was Greek, actually. Right, very good. So we're over 30 languages, 2 million cards, and we're rocking. So what happened when we at a conference and somebody gave you a keep, not just somebody, me, gave you a smiling card? Yeah, this is interesting that you're having your father on for the second half, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, uh, my mom passed in 2008, and it took seven years for my prayers to be answered to meet a prophet who handed me a card that actually completely embodies what my mom was about, which was anti-discrimination and joy and optimism. Those were the three things. And so when I met you, Barry, you, you really jolted me spiritually, but more importantly, when you gave me the card, I couldn't, I couldn't stop looking at it. I was fixated on the fact that this card was really what I was looking for. And, you know, it, it gave me a lot of hope because when you, when you're searching for that long a period of time, you don't know if you're ever going to find what you're looking for. And I said, can I call you Monday? And we had a great conversation and we created a movement out of a card. And I know that you've been giving the card to an immense amount of people before you met me, I think a million. And every time you gave a card, you said, give that card to somebody and here's one for you. And I thought to myself, what's missing is the documentation, the documenting this and the, and the legacy piece of this. So I have you in 130 books, Barry, with your story, your Johnny Appleseed <laughs> story of how you spread love and you changed my life. And during the pandemic, I've had a renaissance of of joy from a standpoint I've never created so much in my life. And also just really allowing myself to know what commitment is. Uh, you know, God doesn't say, this is your path. It's going to be easy. And I will say that this has been the most challenging day, uh, time of my life, but I've also found this is the most joyous time of my life. I, I'm, I am absolutely in bliss in being at home with my son, uh, cranking out books, and all the things that are happening with 99% of my income and my businesses being annihilated are still working. So how do you explain that? I don't, I don't get it. And there are parts of it that I haven't figured out yet, but I know I'm on the right path. And the fact that you have me on your show on a day that you're going to talk about your dad, I think of myself as the son and your dad as the father and you as possibly the prophet, because you're the go-between. <laughs> well, let's translate that prophet, by the way, just so everybody should know. Uh, first of all, I love Ken Rashawn. I'm just being upfront, blunt about it, uh, because as much as he said the giving of the card made a difference in his life, it has, uh, how should we say it, 
it has made an impact, a positive impact, which is what PI really stands for, PI, you know, PI is that most versatile number that enables you to do many things. Now, by the way, it happens to be on my screen, it's going in and out. Is it happening for you as well, Ken? No, not at all. You're very vibrant. Oh, good. Okay. But my screen keeps going back and forth in and out. It's all the energy. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) So pi is that unique number that's not a number unto itself, like one, two, three, four, et cetera, because it's 3.14 ad infinitum. But pi is positive impact. And that is what Ken is. Ken is the pi and the radius and the circumference of the circle that we're creating. As he said, amplification without distortion. Now, it's really important to understand the distinction he just made there, because part of what Ken Roshan is, is that he is a technician, a very highly skilled, uh, capable technician that he, he uses photography as his mechanism, as opposed to a uh, some sort of sound ward and things like that. But the ability to capture moments and be aware of moments and therefore be momentous is what he brings to the world. Now, he used two words that I am a big fan of. One is joy. Now, joy in our lexicon is a great uh, acronym. It stands for generating ongoing youth, because the essence of youth is malleable, open, capable, risk-taking in the most positive sense. And generating, so people say, wait a minute, Mr. Schroeder, generating spelled with a G. Well, da, hello, open up, everybody. G-E is G, joy, generating ongoing youth and hope. Hope is a great acronym that stands for helping others progress every day. That's what Ken Roshan does and is doing with the Keep Smiling movement. We are together, he and another amazing person, Andrea Miller. Andrea, what's your Adams Miller. Yeah, Adams Miller. Uh, working in the Keep Smiling movement, we're the real, we're the positive KSM, the Keep Smiling movement, and enabling it to touch people in every walk of life throughout the world with these amazing cards, both physically and electronically. And Ken is the lever. Now, people understand the word lever is really interesting. L-E-V-E-R, read backwards, is revel. Not rebel, but revel. He revels in joy and hope. But he also understands the, the word lever. It comes from Archimedes. Archimedes was a famous a philosopher and mathematician who lived over 2,000 years ago, who had this great line, says, give me a lever and a fulcrum, and I'll move the world. Mm -hmm. And that's what Ken Roshan is doing. He's moving the world, and he's making the world. He's helping create and inspire smiles throughout the world. So just take us on a journey of be a name dropper, Ken. People like names, you know, for good or ill, hey, sure is a great name, but it's not as if I'm a household word. But tell us some of the people that you photographed holding the keep smiling card. So I want to actually uh, just address that there's another acronym that our lovely Andrea Adams Miller created. And it's actually what I'm studying. It's the science of smiles and it's dose. And it's very interesting that she came up with D period, O period, S period, E period, which was dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins, because these are God's gift to all of us as humans 
that we get to enjoy whenever we want to engage in joy. So some of the names I'll give you really quickly. And I'll just say that the more important part about these names is that every one of them said yes 100% of the time within seconds. And that's the more important part I'll say why, is if you are seeking the top people in the world and you are having a conversion of maybe one or 2% or 10% or 50%, you are not connecting. And this has been a 100% connection with this card. You hand this card to somebody and you say, I would like to honor you for the smiles you create in the world. We've had 100% say yes, and that does include Quincy Jones, Matthew McConaughey, Brett Michaels, Jack Canfield. Actually, it's 10,000. It's over 10,000 people. John Travolta. John Travolta. Uh, and, and actually, anyone that would like a book, you have them, Barry. It's better just to share all the people. We have an influencer set of Google saying these are the most important people in the world. And what blew me away about this is that it wasn't just me getting how important a smile was. It was that they, who are so far almost disconnected from humanity, but also very connected to humanity, of why a smile gave them a life they love. That's very wonderful. Um, name some women that you have photographed holding the Keep Smiling card that would be known to some people if it's possible. Oh, well, Forbes Riley would come to mind. Sharon Lecter would be two. We have 10. Uh, that's the most popular edition. And I will say that these women may not be mainstream celebrity names, but we have uh, Lisa Gibbons and I would just encourage people to connect with you or connect with me to get these books. There's 10 books on empowering women leaders. And that happens to be, it seems like the number one niche for actually nurturing and causing the world to smile. So I've embraced them because there's not a woman that's on a stage that is talking about uh, women be more powerful that doesn't say, this is important, the smile card. And so I'll just say they. All the names are too many to, to mention, but we have so many books we'd like to share. And the, the reason that Ken has done this with books, both physical and electronic, is because the book is that mechanism that people can either hold in their hands or open up on the internet and thumb through pictures and such like that and see picture after picture of people energized because they're integrating the message with their being. The message is very simple on the front, it's two words, keep smiling, whether it's in Greek or in uh, Arabic or Hebrew or German or Chinese, it, it's beside the point. It is that universal sign of friendship, of love, of caring, that thing we call a smile <laughs> that everybody understands. Because again, seeing miracles in life every day, that's what a smile causes you to do. It enables you to remember that not only are you human, but you're here and you have a mission. And you if have I a may, purpose. Please. May I, may I say something kind of controversial? Oh, I love it. Be okay. controversial. I would argue that all lives would matter if we smiled. I think that every single person that's been stopped or has stopped someone and they smiled, there would be no confrontation. There would be no question of whether this person is there to protect them, support them, cooperate with them. I think you've made a controversial, comforting, and important statement. And I'm glad it's on this show on this date. 
because then again, the name of the show is the joy of living. And look at, I just said, he, so, look what he does. He smiles. Now <laughs> you can't help. It happens to be that, by the way, when we first began this together, uh, one of the sort of natural places we thought that people would pick up would be dentists. But in, 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 interesting enough, dentists, yes, relate to smiles, but sometimes they're too connected because they're in the business of smile. See, Ken and I and Andrea, we're in the business of enabling people to smile as opposed to building something on you that enables your smile to shine through. So we're not here to extract money from you on your teeth. We're here to, how should we say it, enliven your heart. Because when your heart is smiling, then it radiates from your face. So it turned out the dentist didn't sort of get it. They should have, every dentist should have these books in, in thousands and tens of thousands of offices around oh, the country and the world. But, you know, they didn't get it. We have more proctologists have this book than we have dentists. Hey, but it, it doesn't matter because we're all about building that energy that comes forth from within. See, oftentimes people think of a smile as this, a grin. Well, okay, a grin is very nice, but that's not what we're about. We're about a smile. In other words, a smile is an internal process. You as just hit it. Ken mentioned, it's a dose of reality. You just dose hit it, Barry. of reality. Yeah, Barry, that's, that's beautiful what you just said because I was actually going to interject a couple of times I have to at this point. So a dentist does not get a smile. And I'll, and I'll argue that point with, you just made the point. A smile is internal. Right. Smile comes from your heart. It comes from your soul. What they are doing is dental health. Not that it's not important. Dental health is the reason you're alive. Dental health is the number one reason why you will have illness. If you do not have it corrected, you will have major problems. So, you know, dentist, you are wonderful. And the yeah. ones who have gotten what a smile is, we embrace you because you need to awaken the other dentist that you are the first access point to the physical being the internal. Absolutely. And that's one of the other reasons that Ken and I love each other more because we understand the the deep activity of what the smile is, because you move from dental health to mental health. All I have to do is change a D to an M and mental health is really where it happens when you have mental health, when you're smiling and you're smiling, the whole world smiles with you. That's Jimmy Durante singing the schnoz. <laughs> and it was a great song. And there are many great songs when you do it smiling because the essence of the smile is that in fact, it is that countersign of friendship and love. Love. And everything we talk about and everything we do in our life really comes from that place called love. So I'm, I'm asked Ken to be on the show today. And instead of just jumping a chance, say, of course, I'll do it, which he wanted to. He said, I just want to let you know that because of COVID, um, Kenny's uh, Cubs group, Cub Scout troop needs a uh, an adult to be there and some of the other people can't. I, I volunteered, so I can't be on for the whole hour of the show. And I said, that's great. I don't care if I have two minutes with you. We thank God we got a half hour. We only got about three minutes left. But the point is that Ken understands the hierarchies of love and his family. It's I do. Can you, can you speak before I leave about um, why your dad is uh, part of this show? Yes. So I'll tell you two things. Number one, my father's birth date is today, October the 5th. He did pass away in 1988. 
So um, usually every year I do some sort of uh, discussion, not usually on, on the show and such, but I have a, a little group that I, I talk about my father. I'll just to you, tell two things now and then I'll elaborate on the other side of the break. You'll be gone, but you can listen to it later. So my father was a re remarkable being uh, because of two things that I'll mention only. One is that he overcame a very, what I call severe handicap. And number two, is that he became a champion of living well despite circumstances. So what was the handicap he overcame? He was one of five brothers growing up in what they called the Depression in uh, the United States of America, the late 20s, early 30s. And his father couldn't handle five kids at home because his mother had just died. So my grandfather had five young boys. He shipped three of them to an orphanage. My father was born in a place called Boston, Massachusetts. The, my grandfather had a relation in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And again, late 20s, early, yeah, yeah, late 20s, he shipped three young boys under the age of 12 down to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where they were raised in an orphanage for the next three years. Not a simple way to begin stuff. And it affected him for the rest of his life. The other thing is that he married my mother. <laughs> you say, well, big deal. Well, it is a big deal. I'll tell you why. Because my mother was uh, the embodiment, the embodiment of joy. One of the reasons is she had, in addition to being a gregarious, giving, outgoing personality, she had a red wine stain over three quarters of her face. And it was pockmarked. Couldn't you imagine going to school today with kids, you know, how kids are? If there were bullies and all that. Imagine doing that in the 1920s. Hello, sensitivity was not so much, you know, in the, in the realm of possibility. And yet my mother didn't just overcome, she emanated such positivity that you would never know. Now, she wore makeup and things like that. And my father fell in love with the being, not the face the being, and they had three wonderful kids. I'm the oldest and the, maybe the best, but anyway, I'm the oldest and I have two sisters and such like that. So my father was capable of overcoming, in my humble opinion, two major issues that others would have found um, enough to roll up in a ball or be angry and uh, tell everybody else to just go away. And we're going to continue with that on the other side because you need to leave now, don't you? I I'm do. Sorry. And I want to thank you for being a father figure for me, uh, given that you are speaking about your father. I thought it was symbolic. And my, my wife's uh, birthday was yesterday. And we have a son that I hope to be a great father to, as well as you have been. Well, you are. Thank you. And again, proof of the pudding is Ken says, look, I want to be on the show. Hey, I am going to be Kenny's Cub Scout den leader today, and that's key. And I said, yeah, that's why I love you. Are you ready for a hug, baby? Yes, baby. Thank you. One, two, three. <laughs> Thank you, Barry. You've changed my life, and obviously I love you, and I, I hope that we can change the world with all the good things we're doing. We Thank you. are, and we are. Make yes, it a sir. great one. Thank you. Bye. Okay, we're going to come right back after this short break, and for more, Barry Shore, The Joy of Living, and about my dad, Bernard Shore. Don't go away. Be right back. 
good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings and good-looking people. Remember, you're good-looking because you're always looking for and finding the good. Stress kills. Joy heals. What color is your stress? You can find out. Go to barryshaw.com and take the free stress test and you'll find out what color your stress is from sunny yellow through green, blue, gray, or black. Stress will kill. Joy will heal. You can reduce it, mitigate it, eliminate it. Go to barryshore.com. Find out the color of your stress. Do it now. Hey, beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings and good-looking people. And remember, you're good-looking because you're always looking for and finding the good. And you have found good and abundance. Join the Keep Smiling movement, worldwide movement to show and share the Keep Smiling cards in 27 languages, many different iterations. And not only can you go mad... Go make a difference. You can go make money. Yes. Take a selfie. Send us. Go send cards. And now every week, somebody's going to win a $25 electronic gift card. Hey, that's pretty cool. And guess what? You can stop the pandemic. You can stop the virus of bad, corrosive thinking by keep smiling. Because smile is internal, not just external. It comes from the heart. It comes from the mind. It comes from the lips. And just go and spread joy, happiness, peace, and love. Go mad. Go make a difference. Go make money. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings and good-looking people. Remember, you're good-looking because you're always looking for and finding the good. Now, good is an amazing word, B-O-O-D. Let's take that second O, make a little snip in it, and elongate it. When you have an L, you have gold because when you think in good and you speak in good and you act in good, you now have gold, which is the true currency that enables you to buy happiness. Yes, you can buy happiness. Just have to know the right currency. It's the gold that comes out of being good. And in terms of good, I want to honor my father today. As I said, very rarely do I announce the date of a particular show. The date today is October the 5th. October the 5th is the date of his birth. And he would have been 102 today if he had lived. He passed away in 1988, 32 years ago. I am 70 chronologically now. Uh, my next in line sister is 68. And my other sister is 65. So in terms of, of ages, you know, we're really up there, even though I still think of my sisters both. As my, the younger one is 18 and the youngest one is 15. But um, it's reality of life. But I want to talk about my father because I rarely do uh, to an audience. Uh, I often do to myself because my father was a 
particularly powerful influence in my life in three areas. And before I continue, I do want to warn everybody in advance that I do use a lot of four-letter words. I didn't use them the first part, but I'll use them now. But the four-letter words that I use are positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant four-letter words, such as live, love, life, grow, give, hope, holy, free, pray. Four-letter words. Part of that reason is because my father taught me by example, to use positive, purposeful, powerful, pleasant words. Not necessarily four one-letter ones, but positive ones. I believe that I may have heard, that's may have heard my father use an expletive, what they used to call a dirty word, we don't call them dirty words, but uh, once, maybe twice in the uh, many decades that I knew him, it's just, he wasn't given to that. He was a clean mouth man with a clean heart, a clean mind. He was a good man. He worked very hard. That's the other legacy. So that's it. There are three things I want to mention in legacy. One is that my father was a hardworking, dedicated family man. When I mean hardworking, it's, uh, I mentioned the first part of the show, is that my father, due to unique circumstances, it was what's called the Depression in the United States of America in the late 20s, 29 to 33, around that time, 35, 37. And his father and mother had five boys. Five boys. <laughs> That's a lot at any time, right? But in those days, and his mother passed away when he was relatively young. I think he was uh, nine, ten. And his father recognized that he couldn't raise five boys on his own. And he contacted a relative that they had. And my father came from Boston, Massachusetts. They had a relative in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which in those days, again, late 20s, early 30s, took a long time to get to by train. But they were able to communicate. And uh, he sent him, my father, and two of his brothers to an orphanage to be raised. And you can imagine an orphanage under any circumstance is not easy. Well, it was especially not easy because it was depression era times and things were scarce and love was scarce. It was not necessarily the kind of environment that it was given to nourishing a sensitive young male. And it, it did affect him throughout his life. Uh, when he was reunited with his father, it was because his father remarried. Now, interesting side note is that the, the person that my grandfather married was the head of the orphanage. So my father, at one level, was uh, it was good that he knew the person that my grandfather, his father, married. It was not so good in the fact that this woman was, she had her own issues. I mean, she ran an orphanage. It's, it's not that easy to be a loving mother to 200 young boys. And uh, so he never got that comfort that one needs to develop a personality, as we see today, by the way. We see many young men, many young men, that because they do not receive sufficient care and consideration and love when they're young, oftentimes go on a wayward path, whether it's um, in crime or just uh, inability to 
to maintain a, a positive, purposeful, powerful, pleasant outlook in life. My father also, which was not uncommon in those days, uh, did not get past high school, but at least he had a high school diploma, which, by the way, not everybody did. Not everybody did. He was very bright. He was articulate. He was capable. He was a, a voracious reader, and he liked to discuss things in depth. Uh, but again, never was able to go to college, and as most people weren't, by the way. It was a very small percentage of people that went to a college environment. And so his abilities to find work were almost by definition limited. And he worked in regular menial tasks. He was the head of a shipping department for a particular company. Uh, it paid a living wage, but just about a living wage. And not even so much a living wage that he had to supplement it with a second job. So my father rose up every morning at around 5.30 a.m., was out of the house by 6.30, quarter or seven, and did not return to the house until 11, sometimes 11.30 at night. Two jobs. The second job was only four days a week or four nights a week, depending on it was. And it was a job in the post office. He was very happy that he was able to get that position. He worked in the post office. He worked for the government, at least in those days. Uh, it was safe and steady and, and made a extra living wage. So between the two living wages, he was able to be the breadwinner for a young family with three, a wife and three children. My, my mother didn't work out of the side of the house until we kids were, I think I was 17. And she only worked outside the house because she wanted to, not because we had to. We were never poor but we were always in want in the sense that I was a teenager. I wanted things that my friends had, but I couldn't because I didn't have the money. And my sisters wanted things their friends had. We lived in an apartment. Most of uh, my friends lived in houses. Uh, but then again, but there was also a number of uh, my best friend lived in an apartment as well. So it was a, a very pleasant, wonderful upbringing based on circumstance. So that was the first thing. My father was a dedicated family man, a hard worker. The second thing is he was remarkably clean, fresh, always smelled good. And he had this remarkable ability to do something fascinating. Wherever he was and around a place, he would pick up litter. He would never litter himself. And he trained me not to litter, but he would never litter. And if he saw litter, he would pick it up. Not his, somebody else's. He would always pick up litter because he didn't like things being messy, whether in the home, certainly, or outside, or even a state park when he go swimming. He'd pick up, he cleaned the area, police the area, as he said, because he was in World War II. He didn't serve overseas, but here. And he learned that. But the amazing thing, the third part, which I think runs continuously through the other two, is that he would tell us, tell me especially, always leave a place better than you found it. If it means picking things up, great. If it means being there to be of benefit to others, great. Always leave a place better than you found it. Be of benefit, be a contributor, be a giver. And the greatest giving that he did for me was to marry my mother. Now, for, for kids, 
your mother's your mother. <laughs> hey, it's mom. Of course, we saw that she had this red wine stain and she had um, pancake makeup to cover it over and such and a little bit of pockmarker. But my father fell in love with a gregarious, giving, generous, bountiful, beautiful being. He didn't fall in love with a face. He didn't fall in love with a figure. He didn't fall in love with a pocketbook he shouldn't have. And that was that told volumes about my father that I didn't realize, of course, until I was in my teens, early 20s, when, of course, I was attracted to a face or a pocketbook. But my better self, thank God, got the better of me. Okay, I had some forays into pretty face, chantilly lace, ponytail hanging down, a wiggle and a walk and a wiggle and a talk, and a girl with fast cars, parents had dough and all that kind of stuff because, hey, I was given over to that. But thank God, my father's resonant voice stuck with me. And my father, by the way, had a remarkably beautiful, melodious voice. So these three things were really part and parcel of what I inherited. And it's probably the greatest inheritance that any son could ever have, a work ethic, the ability to maintain a clean environment, no matter who's messing it up. If he saw things that needed to be cleaned, he cleaned them. And he never cleaned them, never made a mess. And the third thing was always leave a place better than you found it. Never be a contributor to deterioration. Always be building. What an amazing legacy. And I miss my father deeply. I am so delighted and pleased that I still have two wonderful sisters and, and their children and my wife who got to meet my father. My father loved my wife. <laughs> it was it's so wonderful. My wife comes from a completely different culture. She comes from uh, Thailand. And my father just developed her because why not? I mean, he loved my wife. It was, uh, it was truly something special to be in his orbit, as they say today. Uh, again, sometimes you don't appreciate these things so much later. And he also helped me learn the four-letter F-U word. Now you say, wait a minute, how can he learn the four-letter F-U word? He told me he never didn't use expletives and such. Ah, but the four-letter F-U word he taught me is fun. F-U, capital N, capital N. Huh? But very sure, fun is spelled with three letters. You know that. Not in our world, the world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant. My father, Bernard, no middle initial, <laughs> sure. One of the few people I've ever met that never middle initial, Bernard Shore, lived fun, F-U, capital N, capital N. So after the show, and you, you see your family, your friends, you have a big smile on your face. Remember what that stands for, a twinkle in your eye, you point your finger and say, F-U, everybody. I say, where'd you get that? I say, I listened to Barry Shore, The Joy of Living. And you ask, what is that all about? Well, it's about the three fundamentals of life. Number one, life has purpose. And when you lead a purpose-driven life, you can go mad. That's great, because mad means make a difference, like my father did. And the third thing is that you can unlock the power and the secrets of everyday words and terms, like WWW, what a wonderful world. Smile, seeing miracles in life every day, or seeing miracles in everyday life, as my eight-year-old would say, my eight-year-old niece would say. Create the kind of world we all want to live in, causing rethinking, enabling all to excel. 
think thank. Thank stands for to harmonize and network kindness. Be kind. Everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Be kind, always kind. Keep inspiring noble deeds like my father did. My father, Bernard Shore. I love you. I miss you. I hope to emulate you in the most positive aspects of your being. And I thank you for being in my life and showing me what it means to be a man, to work hard for family, to be a benefit in community, and to be somebody who always leaves the place better than the way they found it. Thank you, my dear father. Bernie! And our blessing to everybody watching is go forth. Live exuberantly. Spread the seeds of joy, happiness, peace, and love. Go mad. Go make a difference. Bye now.